right, here we go. And this is episode 60. I interview Alex Uridal. Uh We talk about some bands that he's been in, a total of like 15 bands. And after four albums and seven EPs and demos, we talk about his musical journey that he's taken throughout his life and hasn't stopped yet. He still continues to do recording and producing and playing guitars and vocals and, you know, you name it and this guy kind of gets it done uh we talk about him being in demolisher numb a texas funeral the streets red river 16 ounces and many more uh some people that he's even worked with um solo so and we also talk about you know recording the musical uh scene that's been going on since we started and I think he's even started before me, so he talks about that a little bit as well. So we can get into it now. Uh, This one's going to be a two-part series because this guy's just been around for so long that he liked to uh, express the whole story of his journey. And so I recorded it. It was like over two hours. So I decided to turn it into a two-part series for two weeks worth of listening. So, Will... No further delay, we can get into it now. And this is episode 60, and I guess 61 will be coming up next week as well. So this is Alex Uridel, so let's crank those jams. Today I'm sitting with Alex Uridel, and we're hanging with the monster. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know uh, we used to uh, be in the, the local music scene together back in the, the early 2000s, so <laughs> we've crossed paths with uh, band members and uh, doing shows and yeah, we know a lot of the same. I know we know a lot of the same people, but we barely. Like when I told you earlier, I think we crossed paths maybe two or three times or so. Yeah. Back then, but um, I absolutely remember your band, um, Darkest Blood. Yep. Was I in Numb or a Texas Funeral at that time? Um, I believe. What year was that? I believe that was oh, 2003, four, five ish. So it was both. Yeah, yeah. I think I caught the ending of Numb. Yeah, so uh, you've been uh, quite busy um, after that then. It's uh, songwriting, producing, guitarists. Yeah, I've I've been having at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you've been in uh, a, f- a few bands. I don't know if you want to uh, list the names off of <laughs> everything that you're... All right, so yeah... Um... So my very first band was a band called 16 Ounces. Mm -hmm. It's a very awkward name. Uh, 
but we chose that name because we were just, you know, kids. We had no gear. I had a bass and a super small crate practice amp. Yeah. And it was junk. And, uh, you know, I, I met a dude from school who played drums but didn't have a drum set. And, uh, you know, a dude that wanted to be a vocalist but didn't have a mic, didn't have a PA. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it was around freshman year, um, you know, it is what it is, but we sold plenty of pot <laughs> to buy a whole new Pearl drum set. I bought a Harkey bass rig, you know, 810 cab, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Harkey, uh, is it like 400 watt head and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, bought a PA system, everything. We <laughs> bought everything we needed for our band, um, you know, by slanging $25 quarters <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> okay. And, and, and. It is what it is. It worked, man. We were able to start, you know, my first legit band, you know, where we started playing shows. My first show was in 98 at Riley's Rock House in downtown Aurora. I don't know if you remember that venue. Yes, that's where I had my very first show at. Okay, awesome. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. We're... <laughs> yeah, we played with um, a hardcore band called Bound from Juliet. Bound. Cool. That's yeah. a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was our first uh, glimpse, and we were like, "Yeah, we're we're rock stars." Yeah. <laughs> you may know of this band. Our first band was uh, with a band called Speakers of the Popular Front. Have you ever heard that name before? Um, it sounds familiar. Um, they were like going in in like the early and mid '90s, even into like the very early 2000s. I think they were done around 2001 or something like that. 2000. Are they were they like a uh, like a Rage Against the Machine type? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they had two guitarists. Uh, they had a DJ. Okay. Um, and um, they were a really good band, dude. Um, yeah, kind of like a Limp Biscuit Rage okay. Against the Machine type thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but they were, you know, they were probably around your age, I bet. Mm-hmm. And you know, so they were a few years older than me, and they were just really cool to me. I I was super young, and. Uh, you know, like their vocalist would be walking around the block with some some chick, you know. Okay, yeah. And I'd stop him, hey Brian, what's up, man? And, <laughs> and and he would be like, you know, we would bullshit for a minute and he'd be like, We're practicing later if you want to come by and hang out. And I I always thought that was cool as hell. So I'd go by there, uh-huh. watch them jam, and they would get down. Yeah. Know, like yeah. like it was a show or something at <laughs> practice. And uh it was always so much fun. It just uh, it made me want it so bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, eventually I got a bass. I started with bass okay. first. Yeah. Um, so I was the bass player in 16 Ounces. And, um, you know, we uh, we played Riley's Rock House. We played, man, where else did we play when I try to think about it? Like my first city show was U.S. Beer Company. Okay. That was in, I believe, 99. Mm-hmm. Um, that was super big for me. You know, I'm like, oh, damn, you know, like we're moving into the city now. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because for me, you know, coming up around, you know, the Joliet Aurora area, yeah. Riley's Rock House was like the biggest venue, you you know, that I thought that you could play in. in at, the at that area. time. Yeah. 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 I didn't know of anything else. There you know? was, yeah. There was no uh, Forge or anything like that right. back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And, and like the city just, I never even thought about this. I was so young, you know. I was, yeah. you know, the city, 14, oh my 15 God. years old. Yeah. <laughs> my parents all had to drive me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, so the U.S. Beer Company was the first Chicago show. 
Um, but, you know, we played a bunch of shows around. Do you remember Arabian Nights in Willowbrook? No, no. No. It was like a farm, man. Yeah. And people had shows in this barn out there. Oh, okay. It always smelled like shit. <laughs> but it was fun. A lot of people would turn up there for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, and uh, that was a fun little place to play. Huh. I wonder if that's that place... So there's some place that is like a like you're saying like a barn and stuff, and they would have bands play, and uh, every now and then I think they would have like some kind of festival or or something kind of show there. Yeah. And like they had um, pop uh, pop machines, but they turned them into beer machines. <laughs> so you know you would put yeah. put your money in, and you could just get, and that's how they get your light yeah and yeah yeah. Light. <laughs> yeah they would just fill it up with different kind of beers and stuff for everyone you know to to buy and stuff but right. they, it was like a i don't know if it was it was probably a two or three day fe- and then people would tent out there and stuff yeah okay so. i don't know if this is that place because that sounds really cool which you're talking <laughs> about yeah it's like in it's like in the middle of kind of nowhere and you just kind of have to know about it i guess to go and right but uh and they they have like an eclectic uh lineup of, of bands that play and stuff so it makes makes it like a Lollapalooza type thing and stuff so right. awesome man <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, sixteen ounces. We played a bunch of shows around as many as we could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sucked at recording. We tried recording. <laughs> oh you yeah, know, back in like well, ninety eight, yeah, ninety nine, dude, yeah. we had no idea where to go. Uh huh. You know? Like yeah. no clue. And like the one guy from uh, Speakers of the Popular Front was like. We recorded at the studio in Elgin. And I'm like, where the fuck is Elgin? You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I had yeah. no idea where What's, Elgin is at. Yeah, there was no uh, maps like, yeah. or how Google I, Maps yeah. or. <laughs> how am I gonna get there? Um, yeah. So we just ended up. We ended up getting a cheap interface, mm-hmm. using our our PA head through the interface, and um, we recorded like that. We we got some cheap mics, recorded our guitars, mm-hmm. put about what. Four four mics on the drums. Oh, okay. You know, it, yeah. it was it was they were bad. Uh, you know, no click, no template. We're not working on any. We don't even know what that shit is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And so, you know, we did like a couple. You know, three songs here, three songs there, but they just they sounded like ass. <laughs> you know, and so we just never gave them out to anybody. Right. Finally, like in I think it was like two thousand and two thousand one. We started to record with a buddy that was semi fucking, you know, educated in, oh, in yeah, recording. Yeah. <laughs> and um the basement studio. <laughs> yes. It, it was in a house, a one level house, and um, you know, like the the back bedroom was like a main bedroom, and then there was like this weird extra room back there that was just empty. And okay. we used that as the the whole area that we recorded in. Mm-hmm. And we were in there, you know, we were kids, so we didn't have much going on but little little random jobs you know but yeah. we had a lot of time to be together basically every day yeah you know for probably a year just working on what is uh six songs i believe it is oh it's, yeah it's on the band camp okay but uh um yeah so we we finally did an ep that was sounded good enough you know and we released it as our first ep it's called mind muscle heart soul and it's oh. everything we put into that thing okay yeah um it is a cool ep for what it is you <laughs> that, know for that's the year, 16 ounces yes, yeah okay yeah. um yeah. and rest in peace to the guitar player lenny mueller he, oh. he died the first day of uh the year of january uh 2004 january 1st 2004 oh okay yeah in a 
freak car wreck. It totally sucked. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Do you have like a photo of him on Instagram, on your Instagram or something? Or I believe I do. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he looked familiar. Yeah. So, yeah. He was a really yeah. good dude and a really awesome guitar player. If you listen to those songs, even though, you know, take the uh, where the quality should be out of the <laughs> picture. Because right, even though right, we, right. we got a decent recording out of the, you know, it, it's still, if you want, you're comparing it to things like today, you're going to be like, oh, this sucks. But if you look past. Yeah, yeah, that, you have to do that. I mean, even like if you listen to like Black Flag or stuff back in the right. day, it's like, oh, man, this sounds terrible. But it's rough. like, well, I mean, shit, it was like. <laughs> Early in the 80s, they did everything in, like, one take. Right. <laughs> everybody in separate rooms, and yeah. you're just hearing everybody in headphones. It's a little weird, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no click tracks, no templates, no no scooching this that way or this way, you know, where it, where it lands is where it stays type thing. Adjustments? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. We don't do that here. Punching in? Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so there's none of that on that on that recording, um, that EP for 16 ounces. And if you listen to those guitars, man, like he was definitely ahead of his time. You know, we wrote the songs in 98, 99. We recorded them throughout 2000. We released it in 2001. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to those guitars, like his layering and things like that, like he, he was the only guitarist, you know? Yeah. But he did like layering things in the studio. That was just like, man, he was really thinking. And he was like a, a year or two younger than me. He was really thinking about, you know, what he was doing on that last run. And and it's just kind of crazy listening to that, you know, all these years later even. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad I still have that shit. Most people lose oh. that kind of stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. I'm glad I was able to get it on my Bandcamp page for other people to hear because right, right. it is cool. And if you listen to it, dude, like you hear exactly what he was influenced by. And if okay. you listen to it, you're going to hear... <laughs> Pantera, you're gonna mm -hmm. hear Cold Chamber, you're gonna uh -huh, hear yeah. uh, like stuff from like the first album of Stained, mm -hmm. you know, a um, yeah. little bit of Corn, you know, he was in, <laughs> Road Runner. in that shit. Yes. <laughs> Roadrunner yes, bands. Yes, definitely <laughs> Road, Roadrunner bands, yeah. you know. Uh -huh. Later, he was highly influenced by Chimera, you know, mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, we, you know, he passed away. We weren't able to see those riffs. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but that's what made me move over to guitar, honestly. Okay. Um, I was always the bass player. I came up as a bass player. Um, I was always highly influenced by Kurt Cobain. I was, I'm a lefty. Oh, and, and yeah. he's a lefty. And, you know, when, when, like when I would jam in front of those guys, speakers of the popular front, they were always telling me, like, dude, you're playing. They'd literally flip the bass the other way because I was playing a righty bass upside down. Oh, yeah. And I was just, like, putzing around. I'd grab their bass player's bass and just yeah. be putzing around on it. And the dude would be like, you're playing it the wrong way. And grab it and flip it over the other way. And I'm like, no, this ain't fucking right. And so flip, I'm like, no, dude, it goes like this. I flip it back over upside down. I play it like that. And he's like, yeah. they call me Little Al. Like, little Al's a fucking lefty. Dude, look at this dude. Little Al's a lefty. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I didn't even know what it was. And okay, they're like, yeah. they're like, dude, like only like legends are lefty, dude. Hendrix, Cobain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're going to yeah. be a legend. It was fucking hilarious, you know. <laughs> they cracked me up. But they were super, man, I, I, I was lucky as a really young musician, you know, mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Because it's cutthroat as fuck out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah, and, there's so many. And, and people <laughs> were so nice to me when I was real young, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, 
nobody had to be, you know. Yeah. I was yeah. probably an annoying little fucking shit 15-year-old, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, we all were, though. Right? So. <laughs> but, dude, they, everybody was so cool to me and so, like, you know, I feel like if those people, like that band and a couple other kids from the neighborhood that were musicians, if I weren't around them, I probably would have never even got into the shit. You yeah, know? yeah, you were at the right place at the right time. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So after Lenny passed away, I was like, I don't want anybody else to take his spot except for me. Yeah. You know, like we just had a bond as like a the bass player and the guitarist. You know, we wrote like the the skeleton of all the songs together and then, yeah. and then we'd bring it to the drummer, you know, and the vocalist. And uh so like we always had like this bond and he would crash in my house all the time. My mom would make us cinnamon rolls in the morning. <laughs> 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 cinnamon rolls or Dr. Pepper. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> After fucking drinking all night. And, uh, smoking weed all night. Mom! <laughs> right. Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> she would come in the room, dude, and just like spray air freshener because she's just like, it fucking stinks like stale booze in here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I know, dude. Um, but yeah, we would always write together. Crack you know? a window. <laughs> yes, seriously. It was bad. I'm sure it was bad. Dude. Yeah. Um, but we, we had a big time bond because we always wrote together and I didn't, I just didn't want anybody to take a spot, but myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we ended up bringing another close friend in to take my spot on bass. Yeah. And it, it was a really easy transition and, um, you know, like writing new songs, you know, it was a little challenging at first. It was new for me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm used to being a bass player, and now I'm able to be the guy to make noise. Okay, you know? yeah, like, yeah. You went from the rhythm to... Yes, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. and I was excited because I wanted to make noise, like Kurt Cobain. And, and, you know, even like at this time, you know, I was more into like corn and, you know, the new metal stuff. You know, West Borland was a big oh, one for yeah. me, dude. Yeah, huge. yeah. Huge. Uh -huh. uh, Monkey, oh, you yeah. know, from corn, huge Seven strings. <laughs> yes, dude. Although I, I never even ended up getting a seven string until 2010. Okay. You know, and I never downtuned. I always played yeah. in like drop D. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, so it's kind of weird that I was influenced by all those bands, you know, and with seven strings and drop <laughs> A or, you know, A standard and, <laughs> and um, never doing it. But um, yeah. yeah, so there's kind of, you know, two different chapters of 16 ounces. We ended up doing an album after that called The Ounces. Okay. And uh, there's 10 songs on it. Um, Again, we recorded it ourselves. Okay. It's uh -huh. not the best of quality, <laughs> hey. but the musicianship is yeah. there. The love yeah. is there. Right. You know what I mean? Most starting bands at those times ain't going to have great yeah. recordings, you know? Those were special times because we all, like, none of us were, like, really, you know, I was in a couple, like, little shit bands before that. Um, one was called, it was in 96, called Susie's Coffee House. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that was the name of the oh, band. Shit. And we were like a punk band. It was really terrible. Three-piece punk band. Um, but we did a cover of, um, fuck, Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so left field. And then fucking go right field and we did bulls on parade by rage against the machine okay and then we had yeah. like three or four punk songs um, oh shit <laughs> but we only played like a couple like uh pool parties in the neighborhood you know mm -hmm. that was about it we never played any like real shows no so you, 16 ounces like was the first real group you know we really all learned together and played our first real show on an actual stage together yeah you know all that so uh you know that was awesome to be able to do with those guys <laughs> 
Yeah, you were speaking. Uh, you ever hear of a group called uh, Number Six? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we were big time partners back in the day. Oh, okay. Yes, we played so, a lot of shows with. Them. So that's kind of how I got like into the realization that people could do bands who are like from around the area and still be young. Like you didn't have to be big time to you know to start or whatever. Right. So just down the road, there's a, a bar, and they had, uh, what is the group now? Visit 40. I'm up. They played, and number six opened up for them. Okay. And I was just You're like. You're taking it back. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was early, uh, so it had been like 90, maybe 99, 2000, somewhere in there. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just happened, because my brother had worked at a tattoo shop across the street from there. In here in Wilmington, and uh, we'd always hang out at, at the bar afterwards or whatever. And uh, they played, and I was like, "Well, where are these guys from? They must be like on a tour." And I'm like, "They're kind of young," yeah. and da 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 da. And they're like, "Oh yeah, I think they're just from like Lockport or or yeah. you know that area." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Lockport? How are they doing a show? Like, how are they? You know?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you could do this as a band and stuff." And right. I, I was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah." <laughs> yeah, they're a cool band. This F40, um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, they're a really good band too. Um, Ballistic, do you remember Ballistic? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know those those guys. They were like the you know once once speakers of the popular front kind of you know put me on and put sixteen ounces on and and helped us get out there because if they wouldn't have done that, I don't know who you know where I would have gone or you know what I would have done to get some sort of hookup. Up hookups on shows i had right. no idea yeah i didn't even have a driver's license yet you know? <laughs> yeah you need them cool guys to just be like hey yeah. give us a chance and, and put us on <laughs> yes and, and speakers absolutely did that for sure and just by them putting us on there at riley's you know riley's invited us back on our own you mm-hmm. know after that and then we started you know i believe it was with number six okay. the second time and then so i ended up meeting those guys and then from them them, I ended up meeting this at 40, you uh-huh. know, and then from them, Ballistic, you know, yeah. and, and uh, God Size, you know, oh, the, yeah. and it just kept going on. Yeah, yeah. And all these people that were like 10, maybe even 15 years older than me, mm-hmm. dude, were like so cool to me. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, I was probably, again, an annoying fucking kid, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my band out there and like, you know, dude, I can just imagine I was probably like up people's asses <laughs> and that, you know. Like, I feel like most people be like, dude, get this fucking kid away from me. But for whatever reason, man, <laughs> people were kind to me. And <clears throat> and I played shows with all those bands, you yeah. know, uh, in 16 ounces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my, what was the other one? Uh, 86. 86. Um, hmm. You know, they were within that ballistic, this at 40, God size kind of crew yeah. going on yeah. back okay. then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of bands that were just very, very good to us <laughs> and, uh, you know, letting us play with them and shit, you know, yeah. like, cause you know, again, we felt like we couldn't just throw our own show, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Be a headliner. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> like, we needed to start making fucking connections and friends and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it was fairly, fairly easy for me. <laughs> I think, you know, back then, not no internet cracking and shit, oh, you know, yeah, people yeah. were much more, 
That was no. the, I think even probably before MySpace. <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah, <laughs> I had no. That was before, probably before MP3.com. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. If anybody knows who that is, <laughs> we're dating ourselves. If anybody that. knows what the fuck that is? Yeah. That's how we would get our music back in the day. <laughs> yeah. MP3.com. It sounded like shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you had to wait 10, 10 days for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 days for something to download yeah. <laughs> through the phone line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mom, get off the phone. <laughs> I'm trying to download something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the mom's pissed because she's yeah. expecting a call and yeah. the fucking line's busy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> too funny. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, in in let's see, I, in two thousand two, how this is going to kind of connect to numb here with okay. sixteen ounces. So, um, uh, we had a show in two thousand two with. Do you remember ADD? Uh yes. So they were kind of it was some members of Visat Forty. Uh huh. And, um, and they had the female Margie singer. from yeah. Ballistic. Okay. Yes. yes. And and they formed up. Um, and it was actually also, uh, man, big shout out Matt Porter. Uh, he's the uh, a guitar player for Speakers of the Popular Front, and mm-hmm. and he, you know, did a lot of the songwriting for early ADD stuff as well. Oh, okay. So it's kind of, you know, ADD was kind of a little bit of Visat Forty, yeah. uh, with a sprinkle of ballistic <laughs> and a sprinkle of Speakers of the Popular Front. Yeah, because everyone, you know, as they grew and knew to, knew each other, um, you know probably you know everybody's connected yeah 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 um oh this guy wants to quit oh well we know this other band let's see it (laughs) let's let's tear that band apart by grabbing this guy (laughs) yeah Yeah, right hilarious (laughs) let's steal their guitar player (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure shit so uh we we got a show um add invited us on a show they invited 16 ounces on a show at challenge park uh in joliet and i was like stoked about that it was like the first big outside show Mm -hmm. you know on a big stage and in a big old open field there's skate parks yeah there's all sorts of shit dude and i remember when there was numb was on that show as well i had no idea who they were though okay and uh so add numb 16 ounces and there were a couple others yeah i don't remember who but uh i remember while we were playing i'm watching this dude on the skateboard on this huge fucking half pipe that's oh. probably fucking 20 25 <laughs> feet tall yeah. just tearing it up and i remember thinking like this is the coolest fucking things i felt like i was playing at the x games oh dude. yeah you i was know? just gonna it, say that yeah. it felt warped so, tour <laughs> yeah dude it felt so cool i was like wow man like yeah I'm fucking making shit happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for oh, you know, for a little kid in his first band, you yeah. Know, like fuck yeah. Let's see by this time, you know, we're talking to late 2000, well, no, summer 2002. Okay. Yeah, summer 2002. I'm I'm 19 years old, just yeah. about to turn 20. Yeah. Um so I'm starting to figure a lot of shit out, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you know, um I saw Numb play that night and they were wicked, dude. Like, I thought they sounded a lot like Deftones. Okay. But, like, their energy was still up there. And and they just, they threw the fuck down. And I was like, man, they're a really cool band. Like, we need to connect with these guys, start playing with these guys more, you know. And um, and that's what we did. You know, we ended up playing a couple other shows with them. And I just started kind of eyeballing them because I'm like, dude, like, like, their following was huge. Like, I mean, they would literally bring 200, 250 people. Yeah. You know, the the band before them's got 
70 people standing there and then all of a sudden numb goes on there's 200 people in front of the stage and it's like yo where did all of these fucking people mm -hmm. come from yeah i'm like i i need the eyeball what these guys are doing because they're doing something right you mm. know <laughs> yeah yeah and and i thought their band was really wicked i thought their vocalist was really fucking cool he had a, a good stage presence. He, for whatever reason, he was able to just get people to lose their shit. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. He, he just had a loud voice. And it just, yeah. I don't know, it worked. And um, they ended up losing their bass player. And I was at the show where they lost their bass player at. And just a light bulb went off in my head where I was just like, I'm going to play bass for this band. No. You know, like yeah. I want in. I felt like I was cheating on my girlfriend, you know, because I had been in 16 ounces since, you know, 96, 97, something like that. Um, so I felt like, like, oh, man, like if if, if I end up landing this because I'm going to try, like they're going to be pissed at me, you know. Yeah. But like at the same time, you know, like we were playing around, you know, Illinois, but we never played outside Illinois. You know, um, I wanted the tour big time. You know, I was starting to be around bands that would do you know, weekend warrior shit and, and they would, they would travel around and play sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know what I mean? They're traveling around surrounding States and, and playing that. I really wanted to start doing that. And I could tell with this, you know, with my original group, you know, that they just weren't like the touring guys, you know, they loved music and shit, but uh -huh. you know, they needed their home life, you know, yeah. and I didn't give a shit about that. I was never at home, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah. I just knew that I needed to put myself somewhere with people that are already, you know, playing loads of shows. And um, Numb was playing loads of shows. Like, this was late 2002, early 2003, and I would go to their website, num mm. numbmusic.com, mm -hmm. and for they'd have shows booked three months out, and they'd have, like, 50 fucking 50 shows booked yeah. for the next <laughs> three months. And I'm like holy shit, you know, they're doing a, a Tuesday this night, they're doing a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. you know, around here, yeah. you know, usually the random like Monday night or Tuesday night ones would, would be with a national, Okay. you know, and then the, the long weekends would be a run with like another local band or something. That's what I was gathering, just looking at their schedule. And I'm like, dude, they really got it going on. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I need to be, you know? And, and I, I remember looking at a numb music. That yeah. yeah. Dude, he, he had people, he, all right. His name's Anthony Lilja and uh, I'm still friends with him today. Mm -hmm. We've done a ton of music stuff, you know, throughout the last 20 years together. And, um, back then he was just, he was cracking on the internet. You yeah. know, I didn't know fucking how to, <laughs> I didn't know how to turn on a computer, I think, you know, but this dude had a full on website, a, a message board yeah. where he had a community full of people fucking arguing message over numb. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. dude, where people are yeah. fucking saying, oh, I like this song, but not that song. And then this dude's like, hey, fuck you, man. That song's <laughs> fucking killer. You know, the fuck are you talking about? And it's just like, damn, dude, he's got people arguing over them. Yeah. You know what I it mean? Was, and It was Facebook before Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, he's got, you know, like... He was really good at marketing. He's a businessman. He still is today, you know, and he's just yeah. good at it. You yeah. know, like he treated the band as a business then. Yeah. And it just wasn't some hobby that he was doing. You know, he was like, no, like, look, like we're going to be famous. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, yeah. That's what he used to tell me after I joined. I ended up joining. Yeah. So I ended up getting the spot, their bass player. Um, dude, he, I didn't know the bass player, but he got into it like a drunken mess at 
their show and somehow got himself kicked off while their band was playing. Oh. Got, he got himself kicked out of the venue while their band was playing. I, I didn't notice what happened, yeah. but I just remember two security guards grabbing him while he's got his bass on yeah. and just ripping him off the stage and oh. whipping him out the front door. Oh, damn. You know? <laughs> I know. He did something. Yes, he absolutely did something. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what he did still to this day, yeah. but I just remember thinking like, I'm getting that there's spot. A, yeah, there's an opening. <laughs> yes, I'm getting that spot. And yeah. I contacted him. Yeah. Um, I went over there and it was only the guitar player there and and I went over there ready, like knowing yeah. all the songs that they had online. Oh, I took okay. the time and learned them oh, on bass. Shit. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna go over there and just fucking <laughs> drop their jaw. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm hey, gonna guys. get this right. <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just jammed with the the guitar player, just me and him plugged into our amps, and yeah. and he was like, Yeah, you got it. You're good. You're in. You know, it was oh, that shit. easy. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> I felt so lucky again. You know, yeah. and I'm like, so now, like, now I'm going to numbmusic.com. Like, I got a lot of shows coming up. You know, <laughs> like, holy shit! You know, it was like getting yeah. real, real fast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, we started touring. The first tour we did was uh, with, at the time they were called One Step Behind, but later Iscariot. You remember Iscariot? Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So our first tour. Yeah. was both of our bands in one van okay, and, and yeah. we shared a bunch of gear that was in our trailer, you know, but it was what, 10 dudes mm -hmm. in one van. It was hell for a month, yeah, our okay. first tour, a whole month. And I think we only had four days off out of that month. So it was very full uh, tour and, and, and it was wicked. Yeah. Like that really opened the floodgates for me where I'm like, let's keep going. Let's <laughs> keep going. You know? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And, and that was just great, great times, you know. Um, In, into Numb. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Numb was a great band, dude. And speaking of Numb, let's check out one of their tracks called Step, and let's open the floodgates to that and crank it loud. This is Numb.
that's when we really I started you know a lot of like the the nationals I played with was during those days you know it's it's not even like recent yeah <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> okay at yeah. all yeah <laughs> yeah it was like during nub dude uh-huh. I mean man the list goes on but. And we make good friends with a lot of these good bands, and it sucks because a lot of them from back in the day aren't together anymore either. And it's just like, it was like this post-hardcore time that yeah. was going on, dude. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a cool. We we went. I went from like the new metal scene, you know, to like this transfer in the post-hardcore. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm hearing of, you know, Calico System, and we're mm-hmm. playing with Calico. Who is Calico System? You know, <laughs> and I see them, and I'm like, dude, they are wicked. Yeah. You know, um, Glassjaw. Oh, Glassjaw yeah. was huge for me. They still are. I still <laughs> jam Glassjaw at least a couple times a month. Yeah. You know? Like they are huge for me. I, they are great. Is that like uh, Atreyu and 18 Vision? That doesn't fall or? in there for me. Oh, okay. Atreyu definitely doesn't. Um, that falls more under, I'd say, like the metalcore for me. Okay. Or, or like that, uh, you know, like As I Lay Dying, yeah. you know, like that uh-huh. kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd say Poison the Well okay. falls into like that post-hardcore kind okay. of yeah. uh, Unbroken Wings. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, stuff like that were okay. like huge for me. And yeah. and for Numb, you know, we really converted away from... Um, so when we got back from the first tour, we planned a tour right after that. And um, Tony would schedule all these tours. He would, yeah. through phone or through email, he would set up i mean it was crazy he was doing stuff through pure volume too contacting bands through pure volume okay and setting up tours with bands or just you know setting up a show with a certain band off of pure volume in their city and then he would just keep doing that and keep doing that yeah and then we'd have our own little tour together with a really good band from that city okay you know what i mean yeah and and he was just really good at setting that shit up and um those those are great people to have in a band oh man he's just he's such a businessman yeah like like i said when we were like three months in you know and i was telling him like like dude like we're going for it (laughs) you know we're going for it it was to have them connect it was when we were on that first (laughs) tour yeah and he was like he looked at me dead and he was he was so cocky back then Mm -hmm. he looked at me dead serious like dude like I'm not even fucking with you. We're gonna be famous in no time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, I remember laughing like, <laughs> like this dude is so funny, but he's like dead serious. You yeah. Know? But, yeah. Um, but side note, I'm really glad that didn't happen because I don't want that. <laughs> I, especially in this day. The touring, touring musician. Yes. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. But it was just funny at the time, and I, I believed him because he was just so determined, and, and he didn't stop until he got what he wanted. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. how he got a lot of these shows with these nationals. We would get turned down, but he would just so the, plug, the persistence. Plug him, plug him, plug him. Yes, <laughs> and finally they'd just be like, fine, dude, fucking you can play the fucking show. <laughs> Shit. And then all of a sudden we're direct support for, you know, like, for instance, Chimera. Yeah. You know, he got us direct support for Chimera in 2003. 2004 okay um at quad city live in davenport iowa Mm. i mean how fucking killer is that you know like i don't believe we should have got that you know like we didn't really fit yeah (laughs) we didn't really fit either they were like a metal metal band yeah you know we're like you know more again like you know glass jaws Mm -hmm. calico system on broken wings that kind of vibe you know but that was one of the most fucking coolest shows i ever played okay yeah there was a lot of people there and uh they they really took to us again tony with his you know (laughs) way to capture these people man you know he just had a way to capture these people (laughs) yeah with his words (laughs) 
Well, I know uh, the next band you got into, uh, A Texas Funeral. Yes. Uh, I will, we'll play one of them songs uh, from that band. You want to Sweet. Uh, uh, talk about uh, either the song or, or the group then? Yeah, I'll get through that one real quick here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. We're, we're, we're getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Too many fucking bands. So Numb, yeah. Numb turned into A Texas Funeral. Um, me and a couple of the other guys, and then a couple guys from another band, you know, piled together, and that's where a Texas funeral started. Okay. Um, we played a couple shows as that lineup. We did some pre-production for an EP. Um, never ended up making it to the studio. People weren't getting along. Yeah. And that was that. Um, for a short time, I just decided I need to just take a minute here because i went from touring my fucking ass off to all of a sudden not even being in a band anymore yeah just like right out from under my feet with numb yeah 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 and we switched into a texas funeral like literally overnight okay you know and you know we were booked as numb and then all of a sudden we're showing up to the venue as a texas funeral okay you know okay um it was very fast and i wasn't about it yeah at first i wanted to stay numb stay with our you know what we were doing because i thought it was totally working and and there was nothing wrong with it, so why fuck with it? Who uh, who had left then from Numb? Um, so the bass player and the other guitar player got kicked out, and that was weird because the guitar player was the drummer's brother. Okay. You know, so there's that relationship there. Yeah. But he was fine with it. <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah. But honestly, there was there was a battle for you know the bass player was the new guy, and and the guitar player him and I had you know we had already written an album's worth of music pre-production to record an album for mm-hmm. and um for whatever reason the bass player thought he should be the guitar player and the guitar player was like fuck you mm-hmm. and there was this argument going back and forth for weeks and weeks and weeks and yeah. our vocalist he just was sick and tired of it and he just said you're both fucking out oh just yeah. like that he oh, didn't, shit. didn't discuss it with nobody he was just fed up with it fed up about hearing it and it- that's how he would do it, dude. Just and, and what were you later. playing at that time then? Um, I was playing guitar. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I went from bass to guitar and numb as yeah, well. Right. Just like I did 16 ounces from bass to guitar. Okay. Um, and yeah, so he just kicked them both out. Yeah. And then um, our drummer knew of a guitar player and was like, let's try him out. He's really good. Um, we checked him out and he was really fucking good. I was yeah. excited. I'm like, yeah. fuck Yeah. And we told him, you know, if you want the spot, you've got it, you know. And um, he was like, I do, but just so you know, like, I kind of come as a package deal. And I'm oh, like, shit. well, who's the fucking other dude <laughs> then, the you package? know. <laughs> right. And he's like, well, my buddy, he's a guitar player too, you know, oh, and shit. he's fucking killer. So I'm like, oh, all right. No. <laughs> so I'm like, I can be a team player here, but, yeah. like, he's got to be fucking good. So yeah. I was like, bring him by, you know, and let's let's see. Yeah. Um, so... You know, he taught his buddy the song that we had already been jamming together. Okay. And I just sat on the sidelines and just watched. You know, they came in. It was literally the next day. They came in, and the drummer and these two guitar players played the song. I was immediately sold, and I said, fuck it. I will play bass. Let's do this. Let's move forward. Oh, okay. And that's how A Texas Funeral started and, and okay. numb was toast <laughs> in a weird way yeah, yeah. it was still uh, the same vocalist the... uh yeah same vocalist from numb same yeah. drummer from numb okay i moved from uh guitar, guitar back to over to bass yeah. and two new guitar players boom in and okay. uh, 
And I thought we had really awesome songs. We wrote like three or four songs pre-production to record for like a little demo or an EP or something, you know? Uh-huh. <clears throat> we did those three pre-production uh, tracks. We played um, one show at Leo's Bar and Grill with Poison for Profit. Okay. It was in Romeoville. All right, yeah. And then another really odd show, but it was fun. We CDC, you ever like, do that one? The, CDC, the, yes. It's like a church out in Romeoville? Yes, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> which was weird for us to play because we were as I'm dark, sure. d- dark as blood singing about like <laughs> some really dark shit, dark stuff. Yeah. And we're playing at a church. Yes. I'm pretty sure it was Anthony Lilja, the vocalist of Numb, that was booking those events. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. almost certain. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyways... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too funny church yeah um man. that was cool though i mean people were doing the uh what they call that the uh karate pits and yes absolutely <laughs> yeah kicking and absolutely and, and those were yeah. absolutely fun times man i love to see people lose their shit like yeah that. yeah yeah you know people would complain oh you're just swinging to people all you got to do is just you know, not stand in the areas where they're doing that. Yeah. Or just duck and cover, you know? Like, it's yeah. not that hard, you know? Now it's gotten, you know, just straight, it is wild. straight up MMA. <laughs> yes, where people are just attacking the people that you can clearly see are standing away and don't want to be involved. I don't They're diving get... over people to swing down yeah. at their heads. Yeah. You're going to be in it if you like yeah. it or not. <laughs> yeah. You had I bet on. Shout out I bet. Shout out Mike Robs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, shout out Jiggy jeff edwards yeah um, i'm gonna see those guys uh come what next week cool awesome yeah, man at the forge yes <laughs> um i saw them yes at the forge with uh dropout kings a couple months back and um and man they they had some some people fighting up, <laughs> up in there during this uh, they they had people you know people yeah. going they, they played really good they're a solid band man. yeah really yeah. good band yeah um yeah. So anyways, I got a little sidetracked. So we played Leo's Bar and Grill with that first of Texas Funeral lineup. We, we did a couple pre-production songs for an EP. Mm-hmm. Um, we played a show with Poison for Profit. We got put on another show that was a really weird fucking matchup, but it was Us and Dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> us and Dope at the Pearl Room. Oh, shit, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, the Pearl Room. That's another Yeah, that one. was right. I mean, man, that was uh, like summer 2005. The, the Pearl Room had just got got going yeah at that time. that's the mokina yes yeah, yeah. yeah that was a really cool venue man mm-hmm. you had uh you had the coliseum like two doors down and then there was yeah. another even little venue between that i can't remember what it was called oh yeah but three venues right there you know loads of shows yeah. over there back then yeah. awesome times um but yeah so they put us on with dope <laughs> and uh and we threw the fuck down man yeah and um Texas funeral style. Yes, dude. And but you know, even just after a little pre-production and and playing two shows, like people were just not getting along. Yeah. You know, like nobody was getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have no fucking problems. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know, and I'm not going to name any names, but yeah. people were just not getting along. And um, you know, I love Tony to pieces, but vocals weren't getting recorded and shit like that on pre-production tracks and like things were getting held up, you know, and, and there was this fight of, you know, well, we got to let Anthony go. And Anthony like, well, I had a huge part in this band starting. So yeah. no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so the new guys felt they were stuck. Like they were trapped now. Like the oh, guitar player. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and there was just this whole thing going on and, 
we, you know, a couple weeks were going by and I'm like, we're not fucking accomplishing anything anymore. We're not doing anything. Yeah. And I just felt, you know, I went from touring my ass off to not really doing shit. And I was like, I think I just need to step back and figure my shit out. Okay. And so I just stepped away from it entirely. Like, yo, you guys do what you want to do. I'm out. Yeah. I'm on my own. (laughs) And I took a year, learned how to record myself, you know, learned some producing tricks and whatnot. And um, I ended up starting a new band with two of the guys that were in the original A Texas Funeral lineup, mm-hmm. two of the three. And, um, and then we got two, two other guys in. And we weren't planning on it, but we just ended up calling the band A Texas Funeral. So yeah. it was kind of like we were back. We got that new singer that we're kind of looking for, but it happened in a way we didn't plan. <laughs> uh, again, I still know Anthony Lilgitz to this day. He's a good friend of mine. And I, I've always felt bad about that. He was definitely upset about that yeah. you know like he felt like we did him wrong and i totally understand right um but there goes the second chapter of a texas funeral <laughs> i brought you a little gift here oh, the first yeah. <laughs> official a texas funeral ep from the from the second lineup there oh nice hell yeah yeah <laughs> so there's that you can jam that sometime oh yeah that was produced by rob russia of uh from zero Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that band too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we'll play uh, one of the songs from a Texas funeral uh, that you sent me mm-hmm. uh, called Needlework. Yes. And uh, we can play that right now. Sure. And then we'll come back and talk some more. We'll talk about with, that. With Alex, you're, you're riddle. Yes. I was going to let <laughs> I left you hanging to see what you were saying. You riddle? <laughs> yes. You got it, dude. All right. We'll be right back and check out Texas Funerals. And this is Needlework. Check it out. Burn! 
come back next week and we will continue with Alex Uridel's story here. It'll be episode 61. And we'll listen to more from Alex Uridel. Thanks for checking it out. Crank those jams. And you, 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 you are listening to a monster production. <laughs>